Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, right away. Welcome to Side Action, episode 30 of season five. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So Action's got the new clip. Look at that dude. He's looking good. Looking fly. Get a little... Get a little volume in there, Action. Looking good, man. Yeah, thank you. New barber at uh, Union Barber here in Ferndale. Chris hooked me up. Jordan just left town, apparently. I can't really get the full story, but uh, he's moved on. So now we're seeing Chris. Good guy. You ran, you ran him right out of town, didn't you, Action? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all those betting tips you were giving him. Yeah, right. I don't think he was into sports. There's not a lot of sports fans in our town, Wags. Oh man, that's a bummer. Yeah. Ferndale's finest are more like they they're like a wine and cheese crowd. They they kinda Yeah. Enjoy themselves a little that's bit. That's right. Yeah. It's okay. You can educate them. That gives you an opportunity to you know, True. it's an untapped market. Untapped market. So how's your week been? As I was recounting before the pod, it's been a very busy week. Um tough work week, but I've gone out every night of the week. <laughs> so um you know, got a little drink and a sandwich on a Monday, Tuesday, saw John Wick 4. I, I'm not promoting John Wick. You don't have to, when they do the checks on YouTube, I'm not, I'm not, it's not an official sponsor, but I, you know, I'm a big John Wick guy, John Wick. And, uh, awesome movie. It's, it's quite an experience. I've, you've seen the movies, right? No, I have not. Oh, man. Great movies. Um, very violent, extremely violent. And I'm not like a violent movie guy, but I like in the John Wick movies more to, it's almost like a dance because it's there's so much fight choreography and it's it's almost beautiful to watch at some level. Ignore all the, the blood splatter and all that kind of stuff. But um so went to this place called the Alamo Draft House, which is new in Chicago. It's a chain out of I'm assuming San Antonio, uh, where it's kind of like a brewing view, but it's a, a high end brewing view. So good cocktails. They bring the food to your seats. They have a little tray where you can eat at your seats and wow. pretty sweet. Uh, and then last night I went to a new restaurant as well. So, hey, got the Final Four party on Saturday. We're just rolling action. I mean, no rest for the wicked, dude. I'll sleep, I guess, in two weeks. Hey, yeah, a couple more days left of the college basketball season. We've been hitting it hard lately, so it'll be nice to have a little break after the last game on Monday night. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, action, you can't win the Wegs pool, but it looks like you're going to get some cash. So congratulations. Yeah. You had you had Marker in line for some, some money. So. Yeah, we can talk about it in the recap. But uh, Creighton, <laughs> big disappointment. I think I would have uh, had a March Madness sweep had Creighton won on Sunday. No, I know. you're. Uh, it's okay. It's okay, action. You went on a limb. You yeah. went for it. So True. Let's, let's transition. We don't have to go deep, deep. But, but as you mentioned before the podcast here, a lot of green on this page. Uh, we made some good recommendations and, you know, stuck to some some principles. Uh, you know, we I like Kansas State. We're on opposite sides on that one. Yeah. That was a phenomenal game last last Thursday. I mean, that was an amazing game. You know, God, I mean, the, the poor the poor guy he didn't get to the Final Four, but um, Noel was such a good player. I'm sure he was a player of the region. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he had the 19 assists in this game against Michigan State in overtime to win, and then I think he had another 12 assists and 31 points in the in the Elite Eight game. You know, foreshadowing they lost to uh, Florida Atlantic. So we like Florida Atlantic in both game against Tennessee. Before we move on, I would like to talk about the ending of that Kansas State game oh, because uh, sure. as we were driving down to Indianapolis on Thursday, shout out to my wife, Melissa, for driving so I could watch on my phone in the passenger seat. Oh, great and wife. Ohio now has sports betting, so I could be live wagering as we pass through from Toledo over to Fort Wayne. Locked yes. in a beautiful pick. Michigan State plus three and a half was feeling good in crunch time. And then, of course, Marquise Noel, the unnecessary layup at the buzzer, just shattered all hopes and dreams on the Michigan State. Bad, bad beat there, action. He did you know, get the strip and decided to go for the layup, and it was a reverse layup. Did it count? Yes, it did. Sorry, action. 98-93. Can't win them all. It was like my only loss on the weekend, so it's all good. Yeah, exactly. We, we liked FAU against Tennessee, mainly because Tennessee couldn't score – how about the dirty play by the center, though? Yeah, crazy. Um, did you watch the replay where he was yeah. just like, just elbowed the big Russian dude in the in the throat. Didn't get thrown out of the game. I don't. Did they review that play? I'm like, yeah. you're just gonna get flagrant. I mean, that was like a, a really dirty play. So they kind of got the best of it there. I'm glad they kind of won on that one. I did and see then, uh, uh, the Duke center Kyle Filipowski on Twitter retweeted it and said something to the effect of, "Well, I've been there before." So yeah, it sounds exactly. like the Tennessee center has been dirty to many opponents this year. Yeah, I did notice that the FAU center was a little bit, I mean, the world's not floppy, but mm-hmm. he was he was trying to get some calls uh, during the game, and I'm sure that that's why the guy got pissed. But, hey, you know, like Robman used to do back in the day, I mean, get under somebody's skin. And, and really, that guy, what's his name? It's like Slovich or um, something like that. Yeah, pa- I don't know. Whatever. Big Russian dude. He um or Serbian, Serbian, whatever. He had a big first half in that game, and then went zero in the second half. So FAU made some adjustments in the Saturday game for the Final Four. Um, another good game, obviously in Madison Square Garden. FAU was, you know, it was hard to tell. The game was back and forth. Uh, you know, Kansas State was up by seven. You know, midway through that second half. Not they didn't they had the momentum that's for sure there was, the crowd was going crazy but give FAU a lot of credit they stuck to it and they really got Johnson in foul trouble that was the kind of big thing I noticed without him on the floor they couldn't quite muster up enough uh, with Noel and then you know FAU advances their first final four ever first first tournament win first first of everything now first final four they won seventy nine seventy six covering the one and this game went over as well so I know you like FAU. Yeah, yeah, I had a nice hit on Saturday night as well with FAU in uh, the money line, and uh, super excited for my Indiana crew, uh, Johnny, John L. Davis, a Gary guy, and then Coach Dusty Mays also from Indiana. So definitely yeah. gonna be cheering for them this weekend. So in the West, um, you know, we had Arkansas against UConn. This wasn't, you know. <laughs> Let's face it. I liked UConn in the game. Um, actually, no, no, I liked I liked Arkansas in the game, but you know that was not a game. So Arkansas got run off the court. UConn just buried them early and early and often, and it wasn't even a game. But that kind of was foreshadowing for later. And then the Zags, you know, I said that the I, I do think the Kansas State Michigan State was probably the best game on the weekend, but yeah. close second here UCLA Zags. This was 
this was a really good game. You know, the UCLA was up big at the half and got a pretty big lead, but they just kind of ran out of gas, and the Zags put the go button, started scoring, but then UCLA came back. They yeah. took the lead action. I thought I was going to at least get a push. It was I, I took UCLA plus one or minus one, and then the, the shot from the logo. I mean, Crazy. the dude – I mean, I couldn't believe he made that shot. Yeah. And then, obviously, the, the Zags win that one. Uh, by three in the end so great game that was an excellent game that was an amazing shot by strother in his hometown no less too right in vegas so in obviously on saturday different story uh yukon it was kind of a game in the first half they were holding down timmy who had a we should have mentioned had 36 points in that game against ucla unstoppable not quite the same against yukon but more importantly i don't know like they were just not hitting threes or whatever and then in the second half Oh my God, UConn just blew them out. And this is where I kind of made some money action. I did an all total or all line on UConn minus eight, which was the most I could push it to. And that was plus 200. And then I took that first to 10 in the second half on, on UConn and also took the Zags first half total under. So I hit all those things. I tried to get the middle on the Zags, but you know, they got blown up by almost 30 in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Nice return for you in that game. Indeed. So obviously UConn looks pretty good. Uh, in the South, you had, you know, this was this was an interesting bracket, uh, as you mentioned Creighton. But first, the San Diego State game. I was watching this at the new bar called Broken Barrel uh, in Lakeview there, and San Diego State, you know, they were playing tough against Alabama in the first half, but Alabama made a run in the second half, and so you know we liked San Diego State plus the seven and a half, but it looked like Alabama was going to turn the tide you know, figuratively, but they really didn't. They just fell in love with the three and San Diego state who is great against the three point shot, just, you know, grounded them down to nothing. I do think big in this game, they were going to cover the number, but weird situation. The last minute of this game, Sears like scores, gets the, gets the game within two points. I think it was 66, 64. And then I know it probably wasn't intentional, but way over aggressive on the, uh, inbound mm-hmm. to get a foul of 45 seconds instead of playing defense. They had all the momentum. And then the free throws, they just kind of, the Aztecs closed it out. So you had a good hit on the money line with the Aztecs. Yeah, plus 210. I had plus seven and a half. I had SDSU in the first half, too. Mm-hmm. It was all mm-hmm. turning up green for me in that game. Yeah, I had the under in the first half, and it went under for the game, too. So. Mm-hmm. And the nightcap on that on Friday, we had Creighton just kind of, well, let's just say the first half was competitive. You know, Princeton played pretty well in the first half, but Creighton in the second half just kind of rolled. Um, they won pretty easily in this one, so they covered the number. And unfortunately, that little, you know, little, little sandwich bet I put on Princeton did not come in. But, you know, they had a good run. Yeah, and I think I ended up betting Princeton plus 11 in this game. Had a couple of free throws at the end to get to the push, and they split and uh, ended up losing by 12. Or I think it was plus 10, and they lost by 11. Okay. Yeah, so funny thing, you know, Kardish, which is uh, Ridgeway's friend, we were at the bar, and he had taken, I think he took, he was trying to, like, middle the game or something, but he didn't do it right. And so <laughs> he really he ended up getting 10 and a half uh, with, uh, with Creighton, so they did cover in the end. But it really looked like they weren't going to cover. It was yeah. going to fall on 10, and he was going to lose both bets. Ouch. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how he did that. But but anyway, um, interesting situation. Now, in on Sunday, this was a, I did get to see all of this game. 
you know, San Diego State came out and they just defended that three-point line like crazy. They held Creighton to two of 17 from the three-point arc. Still, Creighton was in the game, had a good chance. You know, San Diego State made a bad pass, led to a layup, you know, uh, to tie the game late. And then, obviously, what everybody's talking about is the, is the foul call here at the end. But I do think it was a foul. They probably didn't need to call it, so they probably didn't call it all day. Yeah. But he splits a pair, and, uh, you know, San Diego State goes to their first Final Four, 57-56. And I did hit the first half under in this one. And I didn't end up betting San Diego State plus two and a half, but I, but I should have. Yeah. I also had the first half under, but Creighton in the game, even though I had so much invested in them through all my pools and whatnot, I still felt sure. like Creighton was the side in that one. So that was a demoralizing loss. Thankfully, I was on the golf course at the time, so I didn't have the opportunity to throw things at my TV. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> and, um, the last region, and this was, I don't know, maybe not the most improbable. I think, I think... San Diego State's still probably more improbable when you look at what happened over the course of the weekend. But, mm-hmm. you know, first first you had Miami against Houston. You know, we liked Houston in this game. We thought lane seven, they, they get a little healthier. They're playing good. I did hit the Miami first half plus the four, uh, which hit. But Miami just, they're playing at a different tempo, right? They're pushing people to their, you know, they what do they say? Styles makes make fights. I think that's the term. Yeah. And in this case, Miami dictated the style of this game, fast-paced, you know, run and gun. Houston tried to run with them. They couldn't do it, especially not hitting threes. And they really, the game wasn't even close in the end. They ended up winning 89-75. It was a little close in the middle, but, you know, they kept falling for the three. And and Miami, to their credit, it wasn't a lot of three shots. I mean, they made some, but it was a lot of just taking the ball in a basket. And they've done this for the whole weekend, and they won outright on this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, just an incredible game. I that, that was a tough loss for me to take. I had Houston in the back end of a four-leg parlay. So yeah, and I, I chased a little bit on the money line here, admittedly, which I got to stop Same. doing that. Actually, that's Same. that's two weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, so in the last game, wasn't so close. Uh, Xavier and Texas, you know, Texas kind of did what I thought they'd do. They they outclassed them. They were up by you know they uh, four-point favorites. They played really well. You know, they kind of rolled in this game. It really, the final score was 83-71, but it was more like a 15-point game, maybe 17 away in the second half, which I thought, hey, Texas is the team to beat in this region. They're going to go and take care of Miami on Sunday. Yeah. Well, guess what? I went to play volleyball. They're up by like nine at halftime. I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, minus four, I'm thinking pretty good. I'll be okay on this one. Get out of volleyball. They lose 88-81. I'm like, oh, Miami must have lit it up from the three. Oh no, they didn't. They were like two of seven in the game, but they were 22 or 28 of 32 from the line in this game, and they fouled out a bunch of those um, Texas guys. And Texas kind of puckered up, man. It was a close game of 77 all, and they just kind of lost the ball down the stretch and give Miami those guards all the credit in the world to get their first final four. I'm repeating myself three times today. Yeah, yeah, incredible turnaround in the second half. I mean. You got to give Coach Laranega a lot of credit because they kept that team in the game and just kept going to the basket. And ultimately, that led to points and free throws. And on the other side, Texas just couldn't continue scoring like they were in the first half. And I think they fell in front of the three a little bit, too. They made seven threes in the first half, which was maybe fool's goal, because in the second half, they just kind of went cold. Maybe they were challenging shooters better. I thought that they stopped trying to go to the basket and go inside, but... 
in rewatching the games, I, I did get to rewatch the second half that night, and I just the game was right there in the balance. It just Miami had the guts and the sorry to turn the balls to keep going, where Texas kind of flubbed the ball and they had two bad turnovers and some bad shots. So mm-hmm. I give it to Miami. Which opens us up for the Final Four action. So here we are. We're finally – it's Houston. I know you canceled your tickets. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two times, right? <laughs> once with Purdue and once with Indiana. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so the first game, you've got um, FAU, the nine seed, not that it matters anymore, against San Diego State, the five seed. I'm seeing anywhere between two and two and a half here, total about 132. Is that what I'm seeing right now still? Yeah. One and a half at Rivers. So definitely a lower scoring game. This is at 6 o'clock Eastern on Saturday. Look, both these teams have never been there. None of their players have ever been there. The only person, you know, I don't even know if any of those people, I guess technically Dutcher was there maybe with the Fab Five True. back in like 1992 or something. That's a long time ago. That <laughs> doesn't count. Um, we talked about the Aztecs' three-point defense, which we know FAU likes to shoot the three. I don't know, action. I I look at the metrics overall, right? And I'm not trying to be jumping on the bandwagon. You've been you've been on the bandwagon from the start, but this team is balanced for FAU. They've got bigs, they've got guards. They shoot. They don't just shoot threes. I think that that in the long run should beat San Diego State, but I do still like the first half under at 61, 61 and a half. And I probably would stay off. Maybe maybe I'd take the Owls in the first half, you know, plus two, plus three, and then see what happens in game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm uh, sticking with FAU, too. I uh, bet them plus two. I bet them on the money line, plus 105. Yeah. And um, I, like you, uh, think that the balance that FAU has is going to be critical to going against San Diego State. I think this is a team in San Diego State that has a very similar profile to Tennessee, whom they beat <laughs> last Thursday. And uh, I think... Uh, over the weekend, we saw the San Diego ball pressure really uh, affect Creighton. They had a tough time getting into their offense. But mm-hmm. on the other side, the difference in this weekend is that FAU has four guys on the floor at all times that can handle the ball. Outside yeah. of the big center, Vladislav Golden, all four mm-hmm. of them can bring the ball up the court. And I think that's going to be very key to them being able to break down this SDSU pressure and ultimately lead to more open shots than some of the previous Aztec foes have not been able to get. Right. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, when I do my little analysis, you know, I talk about it It hasn't been perfect for the, for the bracket for sure. But from a betting perspective, when I look at, you know, in Ken Palm, the Aztecs are better. They're 14 overall versus 17, really close. But when you look at the combined offense defense metrics, they're 53 versus 79 for the Aztecs. Now, granted, when I look against the when I, let's see when I look at the Aztecs against Creighton, I mean Creighton was Creighton was better, obviously, um, but I think that the balance that that they have, meaning uh, FAU, they're not a bad defensive team, right? They're they're 29, they're pretty solid. So we'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, and we'll see what happens. But I that's why I think we'll see if I go money line too, like you. I mean, makes sense. But I'm definitely going, you know, split the game in half again, see what happens. You yeah. got a note on Trammell, which is the guard for San Diego State. Yeah, Darian Trammell is the player who got fouled in crunch time on Sunday. I am just fading him because I think that he has picked up some of the scoring slack due to Matt Bradley's 
really horrid shooting tournament. Yeah. And for mm-hmm. that reason, I think that Darian Trammell's points prop is a little bit inflated here going into the final four. So, And I also like the game under. So I'm looking to right. go under Darian Trammell, 10.5 points. I think it's uh, just fading the inflated number as well as expecting a lower scoring game. Got it. Got it. Okay. So basically on the same side there, that's scary action. But uh, let's go to the second game. We'll uh, we've got Miami, the five seed against four seed UConn. Um, this is five and a half for UConn. The total's 149 and a half. Is that ticked up? Uh, 149, 149 and a half right in that range. This is at 849 Eastern on Saturday. Look, both these teams, these are the two hottest teams in the tournament. I mean, I know that FAU is won games, but they've kind of won close games. San Diego State has won some ugly games. These two teams are playing incredibly, and Miami especially in their second halves. Um but UConn, you know, they've the metrics told us this all season. I don't know why we I ignored it. They they told us this all season. They're the fourth or fifth best team in the country. They're yeah. playing like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, where the Canes have definitely closed in the metrics in the last couple of weeks of playing better and better. So, I mean, I still think UConn's a better team. I I know that part of me wants to root for the underdog here, but I think UConn's a better team. I'd be willing to push it up again outline. It's a little 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 dicey, you know, around ten because I think they're gonna win. If they win, they win big. But I would take the Kings in the first half. I think they're gonna keep it close on the plus three. I just think in the end UConn will outlast them, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh Connecticut, I think we talked about it at the start of the tournament. When you just filtered the last month going into the tournament, they were playing in a top five clip. So mm-hmm. they've proven that out just by destroying their opponents through the first four games in this tournament. And uh, when this matchup came out, my first thought was two top five offenses. I'm going to gravitate to the over. And I did. (laughs) I bet over (laughs) 148 and a half, despite the large shooting gym, which we didn't talk about in the first game. NRG Stadium, football stadium, probably going to lead to some crappier shooting. Well, I'm not so sure that's going to be the case in this game. I I like this one to go over. Um and as far as the side goes, I initially driving back was hoping to uh, lay like three and a half or four with UConn in this yeah. game and was a little deflated to see five and a half, to be honest, because I think it's a little high, higher than I wanted to lay. So I looked mm-hmm. at the money line. I'm going to yeah. uh, Connecticut minus 240 on the money line, which okay. um, we, uh, Connecticut is now the favorite in the tournament. I think yeah. uh, over the last couple of days, you saw that number drift up to like minus 125 or minus 130. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I just did. Uh, I looked at the the money lines on the two games, and if you anticipate that Connecticut is going to be about minus 240 again in the championship, if you just do a rollover, you can get about minus 110 or minus 115. So that's the option I went to go with. Good value. So that kind of brings me to the dilemma that our buddy Dempsey, the Night Ranger, has mm-hmm. on his. You know, he he has a ticket. On, on Miami, right? Yep. It was Miami. So it was a ticket on Miami, and it was pretty good. It was like plus, was it 40 to 1? It was pretty good. It was like plus right. it was $5 yeah. to win like 450 So good payout there. So he was asking the question, and I initially kind of jumped on it uh, thinking that's right, but I'm not sure if the numbers are right. I mean, I'm, of course, you can pump it into the, you know, the hedge calculator, but he was, obviously he would, he would hedge by doing the money line, like you said, minus one or two two forty here yeah. um, in this game. And of course, if he wins, then obviously he could completely hedge his actual bet on the championship game next week, you know, with FAU and San Diego State. But A, is that the right angle? And what 
what would you say, you don't have to be perfect on the numbers, but if he's going to have that kind of payout, what would you encourage people to do for hedging, especially in the semifinal game, not the final? Yeah. I mean, it, it all just depends on how much you want to get out of the ticket. You know, if he's looking just to cover the initial bet, that would be one way to approach it. I typically like to at least get myself 20% out of what the expected value would be on the on the winner. So I okay. think his initial stab at the the money line of UConn for about 20% of the 450 is a good number. Yeah, okay, good call. That's about what I suggested, so hey. Maybe I did a little more than that. I said more, but because yeah. that's the thing. If you bet the 240, then it's, yeah, it takes a lot to win some money back. But, uh, oh, well, and then too, Miami would still have to win the second game, too. You're not necessarily a winner in that case. So you could be, no, yeah, you absolutely. don't want to go too heavy on that first semifinal. Yeah, you got to save some money backwards. That's right. So, of course, I, I do. Okay. Really, I like UConn a lot in that game. I think. Miami is yeah. going to run into some trouble. They have certainly been able to score, but they're allowing their opponents to score a lot too. And that UConn offense has been lights out. And they can run. And I thought that's what happened to the Zags in the first half when I was watching the game, because I hadn't seen UConn play that much. I just saw the results. Mm-hmm. I saw them play one game during the season. And I was kind of like, okay, they run these really good sets. They're passing the ball. I mean, Sonogo is a good passer, actually, when he gets double teamed. But they weren't. I wasn't sure what the play was. They were just kind of, eh, you know, playing a good game. Second half, they just said, screw this. We are going to take the top off this. We're going to shoot the ball at will. We're going to take it to them. And I thought that they they beat the Zags at their own game by running them out of the gym. I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen here because in the first first half, as you said, can UConn adjust to the big gym and make threes? I don't think they will necessarily. So early on, I think there's going to be some value on, you know, on UConn. It might be a close game, might get a better money line price. Over the course of the game, I think they play nine guys. They've got the bigs. They're going to take care of business. So yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, but I think yeah. we're on the same side here. So UConn, FAU, fine. Yeah. And if Norchad O'Meara, Miami's like only rebounder, happens mm-hmm. to get into any foul trouble like uh, Timmy right. did last weekend, they're going to be in big trouble. I'd be looking to live bet okay. Connecticut as soon as O'Meara goes to the bench. Right. Yeah, that happened last week. So in the final, um, you know, I put minus eight. I don't know. Did you? We should probably look at that. What do you think the 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 um, spread would be? I heard uh, on a podcast this morning someone projected. Um, Connecticut minus four versus FAU, which kind of had me falling out of my chair, to be honest. I figured I figured it was going to be like the same number. Honestly, I thought five and a half, six and minus two four. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, Miami technically is lower in Kempom, right? They're 22. True. Um, it's just that they have their, you know, their offense is mm-hmm. awesome. So it's a defense, but the defense has gotten way better over the course of the tournament. So I do think that FAU's power rating is slightly higher than Miami, though. So I, I would yeah. bet that if this were the matchup, I would make the number five. Okay. Well, that's good. That's even a better number. I'll change that here. And then the total, you think about the same, or do you think it'd be a slower pace? Because FAU may choose to run, but I don't think they necessarily would, right? Yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't recommend that if I was Dusty May, but they might <laughs> run with them. I mean, they do play average tempo, 156 ranked and pace. So I think that's a, probably a pretty good number. Although for championship games, you usually do see a little bit of a lower number just because there's so many stakes on the line. So I would right. think it might be a little bit under that 145 you've got here. 
Sure. Okay. Well, most of my strategies have sort of worked, taking the dog in the first half, you know, with the points and then laying the favor in the second half. It didn't work with Houston and, and Alabama. But um, and then usually that championship game, there's some tightness. So usually that first half under is a play, but we'll see. I want to see how these teams play in that big gym. They'll be they'll be more used to it, but there's still a lot of emotions and UConn, even though they've been there before, not these guys, right? So, and Hurley's never been there. So none of the guys, only person who's been to Final Four is Laranaga. And um, he's obviously proved his worth coaching this this uh, tournament. No doubt. Yeah. For me, I think it's UConn. I mentioned it earlier. My plan yeah. is to do the money line rollover. I already bet the minus 240, and I'm going to be betting the money line again on Monday night. Right. So in the in the Wags pool, not that anybody's really listening for that, but let's just say that. Um, essentially, it comes down to one of the guys did pick Miami to win it all. So if they do win it all, um, I mean, he'll finish no worse than second. But the key is that the guy who's on top picked San Diego State to make the final game. I know. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like he's great. So if they advance, he's automatically the winner. Like if he's in the they're in the championship game, he doesn't matter who wins on the other side. But that other guy can pass him if Miami wins, you know, both games, and then San Diego State loses. So that's the only real drama uh, at the top, and that's where you know you can obviously finish second if you're a UConn and a FAU guy. I guess it doesn't matter on the San Diego State side, but. I think you're in second now, aren't you? Yeah. So if uh, I believe if FAU and UConn win, I'll lock up second place. Does that seem you will? Right I think it's just over at that point. There's no yeah. more points. I mean, there's one guy who picked UConn to win it all. I feel bad because of my scoring system. You cannot come up. He only picked one Final Four team. He's nowhere close. He'll get to like 66 points, but he's below the cut line, which is 68 or so for for winning. Which is trust me, dude. It's like an all-time low. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, it's a uh, wild tournament, hasn't it been? Yeah, yeah. Now, you have no more teams in the player pool, right? That is correct. I am out in the player pool, but I have a pretty commanding lead. I think it's going to be tough yeah, for anyone to uh, surpass me with their single player left. I think there's four or five guys with each with one player. So yeah, I'm way down. two games, it's going to be tough. Yeah, how far up are you? The number two? I, I want to say I have like a 40 or 50-point lead. Yeah, you're probably okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I would say if the guy next to you has like a, a Wong or something, maybe. But other than that, you know, it's a tough one. My guy who's on it is, you know, he's one of the like fourth fourth guy in UConn. You know, it's not going to yeah. – I'm like 200 points behind it. He's not going to go. <laughs> no. It would be a huge game. Wilt Chamberlain-esque. But, yeah, and, and also your dad, you know. Mark Roberts, a, you know, big, big listener here. He can finish third if, if the same scenario works. It's, it kind of – Holds true with the, or maybe he's fourth, I can't remember, but he's in there. He's in there. He's going to win money either way. But, um, so congrats to you both. It's hard to do it. 160. I had to cut two people. 164. Still, still a good number. Cool. Um, yeah. So what are you going to do for the games? Uh, we'll probably just hang home on Saturday, watch them here at the homestead, and uh, same on Monday night. Yes. Be at the Four Shadows. Everybody can join. All of our listeners, come on down. I got, I got some food. I'll have enough. Um, yes, yeah, so it'll be fun. Should be a good time. Do some strip cards down there. See if we can get it interesting. Because I'm sure nobody has any. Yeah. <laughs> any besides bets, 
nobody has any juice, nobody has any bracket stuff left uh, for Saturday. So yeah, despite the obscure teams that made the Final Four, the good thing is that oddsmakers still post numbers on every game, so you and I can bet them regardless of who's playing. And I don't know if you noticed. I mean, there are more props than oh, yeah. the other games, uh, so there's a lot more game props, player props. Um, like I was telling you last week, it's funny because Rivers doesn't do the first to 10 or first to 20 or first to, I think it's 10, 15, and 20 on the first half hmm. of the game, but they do it for the second half, but they, they're doing it for the final four. So they, they are doing it now. Maybe it's just too much to figure out. I don't know. Um, so that's kind of fun. I like those bets. You know, we always get excited when we were in Vegas on people getting excited for that first to 15 yeah. bets. Um, so, and then next week, one more episode recap of the you know the weekend and then masters and then we'll uh, take a little hiatus sounds like a plan that's great man all right we'll follow us at side action pod on twitter and also side action podcast on instagram follow me at wexpool on twitter and on instagram and follow me on twitter at 31 s roberts all right enjoy it everybody that's a wrap for this episode of the side action podcast We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.